and welcome to the Pet Accountant Podcast with me, your host, Vicky Clark. I'm going to help you get to grips with your finances, save you lots of money and take the stress out of doing your tax return. So let's get going. Hello, everyone. Uh, it's Vicky here from the Pet Accountant and also Lee uh, from the Pet Accountant as well. Hello. Hi. Uh, we are going to talk to you today about the fascinating topic of limited company expenses. Um, and we decided to do this topic because a few things have come up this week. So we thought, why not? We'll go on and uh, talk about it because it will help a lot of you. Because I don't think it's something that really is massively talked about. And I don't think even I've covered it um, at all um, in the last 12 months. So um, it is going to be one of those topics that if you are a limited company, you definitely, definitely, definitely need to listen. And then once we've done that, we are going to go through some of the questions that have been asked on the uh, group accounting for pet professionals um, and just make sure that you've got the right answers for those. We do obviously try and monitor them as best we can. Obviously, sometimes we do get a little bit busy. So we thought we will take today to go through all of the questions. Well, not all of them, uh, but a lot of them over the last couple of weeks and just answer them for you so that you know you've got the correct answer. So a lot of them would be a mixture of sole trader questions, limited company questions. They're, they're a mixed board. Um, so hopefully it will be very helpful to you. Um, by us doing that so um i'm going to fire over to lee who is going to talk to you about something called super deductions that was it i've got a good <laughs> <laughs> it's always a good start when lee comes on he knows what he's actually chatting about which is usually why i talk first guys <laughs> like the one panicking, thinking oh no no pensions i'll go with pensions <laughs> yeah well you i thought you were texting me there going like so usually when I'm on the Zoom, he'll text me uh, and I thought that's what he was doing. Be like, what are we talking about today? But no, super deductions, please, yeah, Lee. Super deductions. So super deductions are available until March of next year. Um, as a limited company, you are able to claim 130% of the value of plant and machinery as long as you've bought it brand new uh, within that time frame. So anytime between... I think it started last year up until March of next year. Uh, anything you buy plant and machinery wise, and now that could be uh, computers, it could be tables that you've got the dogs working off, the baths, basically anything that you use within your business that doesn't come under fixture and fittings or um, office equipment along those lines, um, but items that you use to physically sell your product um, we can claim 130% of that value. So if it's a £1,000, we're going to be putting £1,300 of it to offset against any corporation tax that you would have to pay. Uh, so it's it's quite a good investment. Now, unfortunately, that's not available to sole traders. It, it has to be if you're a limited company. Uh, the item does have to be brand new. Um, and there are a couple of other qualifying criteria, but but generally most things, as long as it falls under the plant machinery heading, we can claim 130% of it. Um, and there's quite a bit of savings to be done. And if you're quite clever with the way that you're working, we tax plan, and that's part of mine and Vicky's conversation lately, is, is what we need to buy. Can we afford to buy it before we, you know, before we need it? Um, how much money we would save by, by buying it before March? Um, and it's one of those things that as a business, if you can look at and you can afford things along those lines, 
definitely, definitely worth it because the savings are are quite quite substantial. Yeah, you're um, basically you're getting an extra thirty percent, aren't you? Yeah. So that's it. Yeah, and it this, makes sense. It's it's not been done before. It was something to help businesses during the COVID and the pandemic. Um, and now obviously everybody's coming at the back end of it. The likelihood of it being extended is going to be pretty slim. So I think once we hit that deadline, it'll close and then whatever you buy after, you go back down to the 100% claimable um, as long as you're spending less than a million. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> God, I had that million I was going to spend then, but you've ruined my dreams. Yeah. So, so if, for example, then, and I'm just going to pretend, you know, I'm a client, if, for example, I'm a dog groomer and I want to buy, like you said, a hydraulic table, they can be sort of a grand, the yeah. hydro baths, they're like a couple of grand, um, a computer. Yeah. Yeah, all of that stuff is... All is, of that. We would... We, yeah. That's all as plant and machinery, and we would we'd happily put that through. If you come to me and said, I've got some shelving, then that's not necessarily plant and machinery, but would be more fixtures and fitting, so yeah. that would apply. Okay, so stuff like desks, flooring, all Cheers. of that sort of stuff. Because if someone's converting their garage or converting a room of some sort, then really the only stuff that they can do the super deduction on is the stuff like the table and the bath. Yes, yeah, um, that's it. And the blaster. Yeah. Um, we can still claim for the other items, yeah. but we would just get 100% of the annual investment allowance rather than the 130% super deduction. Yeah, Bill's just put Apple Store, here I come. Um, <laughs> Bill, I'm going to see you there because I tell you now. <laughs> Bill, Lee is obsessed with Apple. I have to put tight reins on him because every time I say, oh, there's a new Apple product, there's a new Apple product. Um, and I beat him to it because I got the new Apple iPhone and he hasn't, <laughs> which burns him to his core. Um, Kate has put a good question. She's put... What would be the latest date that you could buy this sort of stuff and claim? Oh, I'd have to double check because I think when I looked at the, the criteria online, it just said March 2023. So if right. that was the case, I would buy it in February just to make sure that you're definitely before any deadlines. Right, Kate. So just make sure you buy it before March next year if you've got anything yeah. and uh, in it mind. It has to come into use within the business within that time frame as well. So you couldn't, for argument's sake, put a deposit on something in February and then get it in April and then claim that because the item has to be within the business and used before that deadline. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Um, got a question here about how about kennels in the shop? We've just spent 800 quid on kenneling. Ooh, good question. Right. Mm. Okay. So the argument could be, um, whether or not it would fall under fixtures and fittings mm. or plant and machinery. So my my view of that would possibly be kennels would maybe be fixtures and fittings because you wouldn't necessarily need to use the kennel in order to do your job or for it to make you money. So unlike the table, which was rise and fall and the bath, that they are part of sure. your what you do, um, these are more of a storage facility to, as, a, as a holding area for the dogs. So, so I would possibly say more towards the fixtures and fittings. So yeah, couldn't again, squeeze. If if you could come across with an argument that says, well, actually they they use for this, they use for that, we would listen to that argument. And if we think it's credible, then we'd say, okay, let's 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 see if we can put it through, and let's see if HMRC says anything. Yeah, that's a very very good question. Um, 
Kimmy said, thanks for chatting with her last week. And she'll look at your email. She hasn't found time yet. (laughs) We will let you off, Kimmy. That's absolutely fine. Um, Okay, I hope that makes sense to everyone. I think really people like, I guess, like dog walkers and stuff and dog trainers, it's going to be more um, if they bought like agility equipment. Agility equipment. Yeah, that would be plant yeah. machinery. Yeah. Um, computers, yeah. like we've already mentioned, mobile phones. Um, uh, yeah, if you've paid out of pocket and paid up front for the mobile phone, yeah. I'm um, just trying to think. Um, Printers. Now, remember, when we talk about assets, I think it's quite important to mm-hmm. remember that we, we have to distinguish the difference between what would go as an expense to the business and what you buy as an asset. And generally speaking, depending on the turnover size, um, we would cat- capitalize any item that's greater than £100 and that will last you for more than one accounting period, i.e. So it's going to last you a couple of years. Now, if your business is doing £100,000 for argument's sake a year, then capitalizing items of £100 just wouldn't make sense because you're going to have lots of things on your, on your, your balance sheet that we have to depreciate over a set mm. amount of time. So your capitalization level might be higher and you could be 500 pounds or a thousand pounds. So then being able to claim on the super deduction, we would have to look at items that are, are around the 500 or a thousand pound mark plus to be able to claim. But again, every business is taken on its own individual merits. Uh, and it's a, it's a conversation between us and the business owners of, of what they what level they would like that at because there's obviously additional taxations and and accounting policies that we need to put into place. Um, whereas sometimes it's easier just to expense an item, um, certainly of the lower value items, but never never anything under a hundred should be classed as an asset. And that sort of ties in again with when we t- we spoke about in the last probably the last few podcasts about um, categorizing your. Um, expenses on the softwares um, because I've seen quite a few times people capitalising, you know, like a £30 bin, which obviously we wouldn't do. Um, So again, it all ties into knowing the basics, I guess, of of what an asset is and and where you should be at. And I guess the perks of having an accountant is that you can ask us that. Um, Or if we're doing your bookkeeping, then we would just do it automatically for you anyway. So you don't have to worry about it. Off the top of my head, I think the the expenses to avoid in free agent uh, or the categories to avoid in free agent, uh, which are asset categories, are motor vehicles. They might also be called motor vehicle at cost. You've got plant and machinery. You've got fixtures and fittings. uh, Fixtures and fittings. Mm -hmm. And then the other one is office. Office. Can't remember what the other one is. It's a really odd one. It's office yeah. something. Um, office costs are fine. That's a that's a, an expense category. Um, equipment, office equipment, I think it's called. So office equipment is a asset category, and you shouldn't be using that for your day to day classification of your expenses. So those are the four main ones or five main ones to avoid for for free agent. Um, any, and it's, unless it's over £100 and it's going to last you a couple of years and then it would go into one of those categories I think on free agent as well when you click on the, the drop down menu 
it has them in different sections anyway. So it has your normal expenses at the top. And as you scroll further down, it'll say asset categories. So you kind of want to avoid those for your day-to-day categories, like Lee said, and obviously just use that for the more expensive stuff, like your baths, like your agility equipment, your phones, your printers, all that sort of stuff. Um, I've got another question here um, from a lovely client. May I ask where we stand with buying a dog van? If we pay more tax for it than we need to give income tax, would we get a rebate for the difference? So are we talking about sole trader now or are we talking about a limited partnership? Yeah, partnership. Okay, so partnership is is completely different to the limited company side. So as a partnership, we can put the van through your accounts. And if the purchase of the van means that you make a loss for that year, it will, if you've got employed income, we can offset the tax that you've paid in the employed income. If you have paid more tax last year in your sole, in your partnership side, we can roll the tax back um, or we can carry the loss forward to offset against future profits. So again, we look at what's best for you and, and the most tax efficient use of the loss. Fabulous. There we go. Um, we will speak to you about that anyway if you have bought a van. If you do want to buy a van, just give us a shout. There goes Frank. Bill's put, we use them to dry the dogs, maybe. So once they've been washed, whether they put them in the kennels and then they get another dog. I still don't know if we'd be stretching the... <laughs> I think that's a stretch. Yeah. Maybe, stre- maybe think of a different use for the kennels, yeah. uh, Bill. Maybe you could sit in there with, with your laptop and just say you use it to get some quiet time. I don't know. If, um, for argument's sake, the kennels were portable and you were a dog trainer and you needed to take those kennels to site to hold the dogs during the different agility classes, then I would have said they were plant machinery because they are part of the task that you're doing. Mm-hmm. But just as a holding area to keep the dogs whilst you move on to another dog and wait for the owner to collect... I would it you you could have thought of something else to use for that you you know so I don't necessarily see that as being a revenue generating mm. part of the business. But I guess if you're getting crates built to put in your van, then yeah. yeah. But if you're a dog walker and you need to, yeah. to transport multiple dogs, you can't just leave them in the van loose. Yeah, but again, it could fall into fixtures and fittings, and this is the this is yeah, it's a grey area, isn't it? It's what you and what you perceive as yes fixtures and fittings. I might think, well, actually, no, that's one no. of the most famous things that <clears throat> we discuss through our training is coming to a um, a fuel station. So it was put to HMRC that the fuel pumps themselves were classed as plant and machinery because without the fuel pumps, you were unable to deliver fuel. The canopy over the top of the fuel station was not classed as plant and machinery because you could still obtain the fuel without the canopy being there. So the the claim for the fuel pumps was allowed, but the claim for the canopy was disallowed. Right. So if you can then try to filter that back yeah. into the role of the dog side, you can then start to see, well, okay, I could probably get away with not using that. Or Yeah. 
Well, there you go. It's it's and again, we've mentioned this loads of times. It sometimes it is subjective, and what one accountant says yes to, another one may say no to, and that's unfortunately just the way it is. Um, uh, and a question: Can I put my chiropractor through? No, no. we've had this a million times. <laughs> Whether that's a limited company or a <laughs> yeah, trader, that is a no, I'm afraid. I mean, I had <clears throat> I had one yesterday, and I only wish I could put it through. Um, but no, unfortunately not. I, I understand people's argument as a dog groomer, as a dog walker. You're on your feet all day. You, you're hunched over. You get a bad back. You get bad feet. Um, and again, it's one of those questions that is always asked, even in all the accountancy groups, and we all have an argument about it. Um, but we, but the answer is just no. Um, and, that, the <laughs> and that is the same as the next comment of a nail technician. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. Or your hair, or your makeup, yeah. or tan, any of that. Sun your salons. tan. Yeah. Your tan, your eyebrows, your eyelashes. Yeah. Um, I've even had the argument that I need to look good for my clients. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Lee tried to get eyelashes on the business last week, and I said, yeah. absolutely but not. You wouldn't let so, me. <laughs> he hasn't got any. Um, right. Anything else, I guess, limited company-wise that, that people <laughs> that people might not realise that they can put through? I know we've gone through quite a lot of stuff about this, already, like pensions and things. Which pensions is a really, 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 really good one. Um, and the reason it's such a good one is because you can put so much through for pensions. So mm. if you've got extra money in your business and you can afford to put it into a pension, we can put up to forty odd thousand pounds a year per director or per shareholder through the business as an allowable expense. So not only will you not have to pay tax on the forty thousand from the from um, removing it and, and putting it into your pension pot. You'll earn interest on that from your pension provider. So you'll get extra money at the back end. 25% of that you can take out tax-free when you retire. Um, But the 40,000 that we put through the business is an allowable expense. So that's going to reduce your profit by 40,000, reducing the corporation tax you have to pay on it. So pension is a a really good one. I've got one for you. Electric vehicles. Oh. <laughs> electric cars because I, I know when that came in when they said you could you could basically claim 100% of it everyone's like whoa all these big companies went and bought all their staff on an electric vehicle yes so right and again differentiating between mm. sole trader and limited company now yeah first thing to mention off is whenever we talk about cars as the, there's there's such a massive treatment difference from and taxation from a sole trader and partnership to a limited company yeah. If you're a sole trader in partnership, I'd be like that. Go and get a car. Brilliant idea. Get a van. Great. We can reduce your tax rate. As a limited company, unless it's electric, I would mm-hmm. say don't you dare get a car. Don't yeah. give your staff company vehicles. The taxation on them just isn't worth it. For argument's sake, if you was to buy a car um, and the car was £40,000 in value, brand new doesn't matter whether you buy it secondhand it goes by the amount that the car was at the time it was brand new if you put extras in there and those extras included uh, better wheels a nice stereo system uh, it could be anything unless it's designed to make the car more disabled friendly those extras go on to the price of the vehicle as an individual you are taxed on the value of the car depending on its co2 emissions and you can be taxed as high as 34% of the vehicle's value every single year. 
So even though you're taking money from the company, your tax code will be adjusted to work out 20% of the vehicle's value every single year. Then if you decide that you want the company to pay you fuel as well, or the company was putting fuel into the vehicle, it doesn't matter how much fuel you take, whether you take one tank full or you fill it every single week, you're taxed again at 34%, depending on the, the, the CO2 emission of the car, you're taxed at 34% of, and I think the, the value off the top of my head was £24,300. That's in addition to what you're getting taxed on the car. So company cars are horrifically expensive. Yeah. However, electric vehicles. At the moment, I believe the taxation rate on an electric vehicle, regardless of its value, but has to be fully electric, is 2%. Mm -hmm. So they are well worth the money. That has the to be, just to emphasize, fully electric. Fully electric. Yeah. Fully electric. There is some hybrids on the market, but again, it's about looking at the CO2 emissions because you have to look at, on the hybrid part, what's the maximum CO2 emission that's not the electric part of it. And mm -hmm. if that breaches, and you have to check on the HMRC <clears throat> website, if that breaches the lowest banding, it then becomes a normal car and it's no longer electric and you're taxed on those bands. Yeah. Um, so really, really worth looking at if, if it's electric. Yeah. Well, it's electric Not van. Fairly. Yeah. Isn't electric van the same principle, whether you bought an electric, fully electric car or fully electric van? Um, yes, they are because there's still taxation on vans if they mm. use for personal circumstances. And basically what HMRC says if the if the vehicle is not kept at your offices that's away from your personal home and you you need contracts in place that specifically say this is you, you cannot use this vehicle for for private use um then they will class it as a company car to yourself if they find it at your home parked outside or you've used it for more than a couple of trips where they don't become incidental. So for argument's sake, if you needed to borrow the van once because you were moving house and that one day of the year you used it, they wouldn't class that as personal use. If you use the van to take your son to football practice every once a week, it's no longer incidental mm. and it becomes personal use of the vehicle and therefore the taxation is chargeable. So basically what we're saying is if you're a limited company, do not get a company car unless it's fully electric. Yes. Yeah, yes. unless it's fully electric. Yeah. Because uh, we, we, we'll go on. If, if you need a business vehicle and you are a limited company, I'm not saying don't buy a business vehicle, but there's steps that you need to put in place to ensure you can prove to HMRC that that vehicle is not used for personal use whatsoever. And that is terms in the contract, agreements signed between you and the company to say that you are not allowed to use it. Um, the business insurance is to reflect that as well so that you can prove that you haven't been using that as a, business, as a, as a personal vehicle, in which case then there's no personal taxation on the vehicle itself, which you'd have to do through your, your, your self-assessment. Uh, and we, I've also failed to mention as well that whilst there's the taxation for you personally on there, because it's a benefiting kind, the company has to pay additional taxation on those vehicles as well. 
Um, and that's currently, before Liz Trust put the Dash Insurance up, was 13.9% of the vehicle value. Yeah. So basically, in a nutshell, if you can avoid getting a company car, do it. If you do need one, please, please, please speak to us or an yeah. accountant uh, to get to go down the best route. It is different. Someone's just put on there, is it different for partnerships? If yes. you're buying a van, like I said, it's completely different. It's a lot easier. Um, and like I said, we, I will chat to you about that. Um, just give us a shout on my mobile um, if you're going to go down the buying a van route and we can talk you through, that's not a problem. But it's a lot easier. It's um, much more beneficial and, as well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Fab. Ooh. On the Ooh. back end of that, a lot of questions we get is, can I claim actual expenses or can I claim 45 pence a mile? That is going to be on my Q&A session. <laughs> Hold that thought. Right, okay. Hold that thought. We're going to come to that. Okay. Um, there's another question here. Um, can you put counselling through a limited company coming across people who need some help and support? This depends on what it's for and who the person is. I would have said that if it is for a director or shareholder, I would unfortunately say no. If it's for a member of staff, for something that's happened at work, and as, as a responsible employer, then I would say that it's possibly allowable. Hmm. But it really right. depends on the circumstances and who it's for. Yeah, Cool. I hope that helps. Um, I'm trying to think what else comes up limited company wise. All right, charity donations for a limited or for <laughs> or sold. But let, let's do let's do we'll, we'll stick to limited because that's going to be the topic we're on. And then okay, we'll do the Q and A because that does come up. Okay. But I know I do know some people that as a limited company make charity donations. Okay, so charitable donations are allowable for 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 limited companies, um, but the 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 donations have to be to a local charity, in which case you would receive advertising back on that donation to make it an allowable expense. And that's kind of similar as well to, to sole trader sites. If you're giving to a national charity and you don't get anything back in return so that you don't advertise, then it's not allowable and it does nothing for your tax bills. So for a limited side, if you do contribute to a charity, it does reduce your taxable profits, but it doesn't take them into a negative. So the relief is only there if you've got taxable profits to start with. Right. If that makes sense. Mm. <laughs> so once you've worked out what your, your profit is, your net profit, mm -hmm. if, if there's tax to pay on it, then donating to charity will help reduce that tax. Right, yeah. If you've made a donation and you've got no tax to pay because you made a loss, the donation to charity does nothing at all. That makes more sense. Fabulous. Because I do know a lot, a lot of people that do make charity donations, um, and that, that is a question we get asked quite often. So we've covered electric vehicles, electric vans, super deductions, charity donations, a few things that you can and can't claim for. Is there anything else you think and that we've probably chatted about that's come up regarding expenses for limited companies? Yeah, I, I get uh, asked quite often of, do I have to run a payroll if I've got a limited company? Can I, can I take money out? Um, the honest answer to that is, again, it really depends on the level of money that you're trying to take out of the company uh, and to the individual. So the general rule of thumb is, if the person has no other income, 
and they are taking less than £130 per week, then there's no need for you to run a payroll. But that income needs to be declared on a, on a self-assessment. If that person has another job, has pension payments coming in, um, or exceeds the £130 a week, then it must be reported on a, on a payroll with re RTI submissions to HMRC every week or every month. Then there's no, there's no two ways about that. And, and if you have a payroll and somebody else meets those other criteria, because you have that payroll running, they must be reported through it. You don't get the choice anymore. So all depends on the, the, on the number that you're trying to take out and personal circumstances around it. However, mm. being a limited company, I would say get yourself a payroll anyway, because we should be putting a lot more through for the taxation side. And as a minimum, you want to be taking £758 a month that's being run through payroll as long as your tax code allows it. Yeah, Even again, if you don't take that money out. Again, maybe thinking about that, maybe we should do um, a podcast on payroll. Mm -hmm. Because again, that does come up quite a bit, and I do think it confuses people, especially yes. when they've got um, a lot of people take on apprentices. I know Susie's got um, a group um, around apprentices and employing apprentices, and I know we get a lot of emails about um, what do people need to do if they're going to employ an apprentice. So yeah, yeah maybe we will do a podcast on uh, payroll and, and the things you need to look out for yeah. with that. Um, Kate's just put a question on there regarding the charity. So if she donates to a local charity and they promote her business as a limited company, then it's allowable. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. But again, you if need to make profits. sure that you're making a profit, then you'd have to pay tax in order for that, that charitable yeah. donation to be of any benefit to you. Yeah. Hope that makes sense, Kate. Um, just whack us a comment in there if it does. If it doesn't, we need to explain that again. That'd be fab. I think what I will go through in the future as well, maybe not on this podcast or live this evening, is is directors' loans accounts mm. and some of the implications around why we say to people that they can take more money that we're running through the payroll, but we'll we'll adjust for it at the year end. And I'll go into a little bit more detail around that and, and the reasons why we do that rather than trying to do it on a month-by-month -month basis. Um, and maybe yeah. we can do that in a couple of weeks' time. So if, if anybody is running a limited company and would like to know the reasons why or or what a director's loan account is, then we can we can catch up then and we can go through it. It'll be a little bit of an in-depth one, possibly not the greatest to listen to, but if you yeah. are a limited company, it's, it's worth knowing it because there is some pitfalls around the taxation side. Yeah, Kate's just put on there. Um, that did make sense. Thank you. She's just confused on the payroll side. Um, and the director's loan accounts need to learn about that. So maybe we could combine them both. Like I say, it might be not one for everybody, but all these, uh, the podcast will be saved. It's saved on the group. So if you do decide, we, we've had a lot of businesses actually go from a sole trader to a limited company, which is why we did that podcast the other week, yeah. um, which is really good. It's a really positive sign because it means obviously people's profits are getting higher and higher. So it might not be something that's relevant to you guys now. It might be this time next year or in six months. So we will do um, a podcast on payroll, director's loans um, and other things. Like I say, and I say this every time, if there is a topic that you guys need help on, then please just let us know, put it up post on the group and we will do a, a podcast or a live on it for you. Um, we did uh, put in the group today, if you wanted, I think Free Agent's going to be our first training Thanks. session for um, the bookkeeping side and what you need to learn about making tax digital 
Um, if you haven't seen it, it's the 4th of December. Uh, it'll be all day uh, via Zoom and it'll be for the first 10 people only. The reason we keep it to 10 is because if the group gets too big, then it just becomes a bit of a nightmare if everyone's got a million and one questions. And obviously we are going to be going through with you in depth. There are accountants out there charging £100 an hour to do this training. Uh, we are part of a, an accountancy group on Facebook. Really sad, I know. Um, and there was a, this very comment on there, which I screenshotted and sent to Lee. £100 an hour she's charging her clients to get zero training, I think it was. Yeah. We're doing the whole day for those first 10 people, whether it'll be free agent zero, potentially QuickBooks, not sure. Um, is £49 plus VAT per person for the whole day. That is how cheap it is. The reason we're doing it that cheap um, is because it's going to be the first time we've run it. So we want feedback from you guys, some testimonials at the end as to maybe how we can prove it, if there's anything missing, et cetera, et cetera. So if you want that, um, please, please email us at admin at thomasandclark.co.uk and the first 10 people will get it at that discounted rate. We're not saying that when we redo it, we'll charge £100 an hour, but just to give you an idea of it, it, there's not many people out there will do it that cheap. So if you do want to come on that, then please let us know. Marie, I did get your email, so you're on there, so it's absolutely fine. Um, oh, Kate said she's going to be in groomer training. We will do more, Kate. This is just going to be the very first one, so there will be more. Don't think it's just going to be one and that's it. We will do them on a regular basis. We just wanted to get the first one out of the way just to see how it goes and how people deal with it because it is going to be quite intense. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> Let's throw some questions out there. Lee, are you ready? I am. Fabulous. I hope. <laughs> um, and next Wednesday, just so you know, we have Richard from Low Pay uh, coming on to do a chat about um, their services, which will be really good. Right, here we go. These are questions from the group um, that people have asked. This this one got 54 comments. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know, and it's not on a topic you think would get 54 comments. <laughs> right, this is from Lauren. Um, basically, I have, I have all my fuel receipts in an envelope for each month. Very, very organised. I haven't, however, been logging my mileage. So can I still claim my fuel receipts back? I use my car for personal and work. So without logging my mileage, I'm not sure what to do. Is this my only option or will I have to go back and work it all out? Right. OK. So again, really depends whether or not we are a sole trader or a limited company. So I'm Let's going to go sole trader because that's I, probably the, the most common question about mileage and fuel receipts. So, I'll answer it as a limited company to begin with so that I don't confuse it. So as a limited company where you're using your own vehicle for work purposes, you can only claim 45 pence per mile, okay? As a sole trader, if you're using your own vehicle and it's a vehicle that you had and it's not one that you've bought and haven't put through the accounts, you get a choice of using 45 pence a mile for the first 10,000 and 25 pence per mile thereafter. But once you've made that choice, you cannot change until you change the vehicle. You can choose to use exact expenses where you get the receipts and the, 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 the repair bills, et cetera. And at the end of the year, we apportion your private usage to your business usage. Now, the only way that you're really gonna know that is if you keep a mileage log. So regardless of whether or not you need 
mileage for 45 pence a mile or mileage for your actual receipts, we still need to know whether you're, you're, you you could give us a percentage and we can apportion it. If you are a sole trader or a partnership and you purchase a vehicle through the business, you can only claim exact expenses, i.e. the fuel receipts, the, the servicing, the MOT costs. It must be the exact costs for that, that vehicle. And again, we'll still apportion for business and personal usage, but you don't have the option of claiming 45 pence a mile under that scenario. Fab, I hope that helps, Lauren. Um, but yes, you can't do both. can't claim both mileage and receipts. But yeah, 54 comments that got. I don't know whether to drill down in it or not. Maybe not. There's quite a few comments to go through. <laughs> um, right, next one from Lisa. Um, I'm having to close my business down. When do I need to inform HMRC? Okay, so a couple of times you can do it when the business ceases, um, i.e. when you decide to, to close your business, you can inform HMRC that you are stopping as a sole trader. Um, you still have to fill in your tax return, but you can also do it after the tax year has ended as well, once you complete your uh, your final self-assessment. There you go. Uh, and one for Matt Fiddy. Um, if I take money out of the business account as a wage and need to explain it on free agent, what do I put it down as? This drawings. Is if you're a sole trader, drawings. drawings. <laughs> it is money paid to user, which will then automatically go to drawings. Do not, do not, do not use net salary expense because that will use it as an expense and drawings are not. So yeah. if you're a sole trader, drawings, drawings, drawings. Money paid to user in the top box and then drawings in the bottom box. Um from Kate, hi there, just double checking. If I set up a limited company and I'm the sole proprietor, do I have to go on and inform HMRC I'm self-employed? Uh, just being told I don't, I thought I did. Do I just need to register for self-assessment? Is that where I have gotten confused? It sounds like it. So when you register as a limited company, uh, it's the limited company that's going to conduct trade. So you'll have to fill in a corporation tax return depending on how you take money out of that company will dictate whether or not you need to complete a self-assessment and register for self-assessment or not. If all the money that you take is via a payroll and the payroll is being reported every week or every month to HMRC, then you don't need to, to file a self-assessment at the end of the year because all of your income has been reported as taxable and the tax already paid over. If you take dividends, they are not reported through the payroll. And if you exceed 2000 which is your tax-free allowance for every year, then you need to fill in a self-assessment and report the additional dividends that you've got. If you're already registered for self-assessment, then you'll still need to complete a self-assessment every year, regardless of, of whether it's through payroll or dividends. Once you've registered for it, you've got to fill one in every year anyway. Fab, I hope that helps, Kate. Right. This is a bit of a long-winded one, but I think I might answer this one. Um, this is from Jessica. Uh, I've been logging my own expenses and invoicing through Wave apps. I've never even heard of it. However, yeah, I've, <coughs> have you? I've yeah. had an email from my accountant saying I have to use QuickBooks from now on. I can't really afford to be paying for anything. I'm not sure why Wave app is no longer enough. I was planning and changing from WaveApp next year. Anyways, they no longer support UK users, which has been playing on my mind. I looked at a couple of others like Bookio, 
but found them too complicated. I need something really super simple and free like Wave Apps. There was a couple of things I'd like to mention in there. Um, you have to, It has to be making tax digital compliant. Any software or anything that you use from 2024 has to be compliant with making tax digital, which is probably why your accountant has asked you to move because that probably isn't compliant. Wave doesn't know. allow direct bank feed from UK right. banks. Okay, that there you go. So that's why every accountant uses a different software. You know, some accountants love QuickBooks. We love Free Agent and Zero. Some might love Sage. So obviously, generally, if you're with that specific accountant, we will try and get you on the software that we prefer because it's a lot quicker and easier for us to help you because we use it day in day out. Um, if you may want to ask them if there's a different option to QuickBooks, if they'll allow you to use other ones. So Free Agent, for example, is free if you have a Metal Bank account. The Metal Bank account is also free, so that eliminates you having to pay for any software. Um, free Agent are going to come and have a chat with us at the end of this month, and they'll talk about Metal and all that sort of stuff. But if you don't want to pay for a license, that is an option of getting the free Metal Bank account and then getting the free Free Agent license to combat that. And then just ask your accountant if they use Free Agent, if they're happy to use it. If they say no, then maybe find yourself a different accountant. I don't know. If, one that specialises in free. I mean, one that I do. Right? I don't know. I don't know any. I don't know any <laughs> off the top of my head. But there's a few things. So, firstly, it has to be making tax digital compliant. Um, metal is free. You get a free free agent license with that, so that'll combat that issue for you, Jessica. Um, or change your accountant. <laughs> um, but there we go. Uh, one for Mary. What software do people use for P A Y E for pay slips? Um, that really depends on what you're looking for and what you have existing. Uh, we use Brightpay, um, yeah. and I'm an avid fan of Brightpay. It makes payroll easy. There's you can email out the pay slips from it. We have a a portal that all our clients log into. All the employees have access, so it does a little bit more than just issue pay slips. Um, but generally, any paid for payroll software will allow you to do pay slips. There we go. We don't tend to use the um, accountancy software to do payroll because that's not really what they're designed for. They do offer it, and I know some people do use it, but we just obviously choose not to because it's much better getting an actual software that does it for you. They lack again, a lot of function. Again, if, if payroll's an issue and you're not really sure, um, it's not as expensive as people may think. Ask getting an accountant to do payroll for you, obviously depending on how many employees you've got, whether you're paying them weekly or monthly, um, but it is not as expensive as you may think. So give us a shout if payroll is something that you're struggling with and we can help you with that. Right, I'll do a couple more because it's getting a little bit late. Um, anyone using free agent with any booking system it's free with my bank but I can't connect it to my current provider I know I don't know what you do Thomas I know there's certain people like Savvy um, that link to certain softwares I think they do QuickBooks and Xero um, I'm not sure if they've still got Xero so someone can correct me on that if I'm wrong but I'm pretty sure they do link definitely link to QuickBooks I know the other grooming softwares, not many of them do. I'm in talks with Tuft. I've spoke to them about it. As far as any other softwares, I really don't know. There probably is somewhere, some softwares that do link to them and it'll probably be more over the next 24 months maybe that they do that when everything goes digital. So just keep an eye. Um, 
Right, this will be the last one. Let's go. Right, this is from Charlotte. I do home boarding and daycare, currently licensed for five dogs. I've asked to up my license number to nine dogs instead, but I've told I need to apply for a change of use on my property to do so. Would this mean paying business rates on the property, altering council tax, changing gas electric suppliers, changing my home insurance? If yes to the above, is this all claimable when I fill out my self-assessment? Right. Okay. So this really then depends on whether or not you own the house. A change of use is a is a planning application with the council to change um, the the actual use of your home. So, as for business rate wise, um, you can claim small business rates relief. So, in theory, you'd have to register for the the rate side with with the council, but you you'd be given a discount to to discount those down. Now, it really, really depends on whether or not you are using a room in the house for 100% of business usage, because if you are, and that's, and, and that's the case, and you own the house, when you come to sell the property, that part of the house will be excluded from your primary residence relief, and you'll have to pay capital gains tax on the sale of your property for that 100% business use. I will always tell my clients to never, ever use 100% of their home for business usage. Always have duality duality purposes. So you could have an office where you have a sofa or chair to watch the TV in the (laughs) evenings um, because it's something that you can enjoy that's not then used 100% for business time. You can demonstrate that there is personal use of that space. So in answer to your question, you can change. It may affect your mortgage. You'd have to tell your mortgage company. You'd have to tell your insurance company. You can get business rates relief, but it may also apply to capital gains when you come to sell the property. So you'd need to do a calculation of whether or not the uplift in dogs is worth the additional taxation that you'd have to pay. But anything that you have to apply for, Anything that um, that you have to pay extra for, they would all be allowable expenses in the business side of things, whether or not you're a limited company or a sole trader. So that side, I wouldn't be too much worried about. But certainly the taxation, I would have a little bit more to, to, to have a think about. Fab. Um, we've just had an update. Savvy is only QuickBooks only now. So there we go. Um, if, you use, if you're a dog groomer using Savvy, it does link to QuickBooks, but QuickBooks only um so there we go i have mentioned it to uh, ben and lisa about maybe trying to get free agent integrated into it but i think it might be a bit technical and uh, not as easy to do um but there we go uh just one more before we go registering with hmrc i've had this quite a lot um there are various ways you can register with HMRC. You can ring them up. Uh, you can do it over the phone. Uh, well, ring or do it over the phone. Do it online. Um, or if you're with an accountant, then we can do it for you as long as you're going to be a client. We can't do it just randomly. Um, you have to become a client, but we can do it for you if that's the case. Um, there's a lot of questions on that. And self-assessment, sole trade are the same thing. So I do get a lot of screenshots being helped. Which one do I pick? It's sole trader self-assessment or the same thing. Um, I think when you register online, it does come up with self-assessment rather than sole trader. Um, 
so just tick that box. Um, other than that, I think that's it for tonight. We've covered quite a bit, um, which has been really, really good. Um, we will put into place. So next week, uh, we've got Richard from Low Pay. The week after, I think I've got a success story of a dog trainer that's going to come on and chat to you about that. And then maybe the week after, we will do payroll um, or free agent, I think, are going to come on and do a chat um, about what they offer and the changes coming in with making tax digital from their perspective. Um, so that'd be quite good as well. And they're going to give you a quick demo um, on what free agent does if you don't know. So brilliant. Uh, I hope everyone has a good week. I hope you've enjoyed that. Like I said, any questions you've got, whack them in the group. Um, any topics you want us to chat about, again, whack them in the group or drop us an email. Um, we are around... Um, we always say this at the end of every podcast, if you need to get hold of us, either inquiries at petaccountant.co.uk or lee at thomasandclark.co.uk. We are the same company. Um, it's just Pet Accountant as our trading name. So either or email and our number to get hold of one of us. If you can't get me on my mobile, because that number will be coming redundant very soon uh, when I can work out how to use my new phone. <laughs> um, and the contact number is Lee. Oh, go on, Vic, how you do this one? 01228. <laughs> See, you won't even expect me to get the first bit. So there you go. <laughs> one step at a time, I will learn our telephone number. Um, but yes, uh, all have a great week. And we, <laughs> Kimmy's just put, they actually answer the phone to you. Yes, <laughs> strangely enough, we are accountants that actually answer the phone and you will probably get me or Lee's lovely dulcet tones um, if you're lucky. So yes, we are a rarity in the market. We do actually answer our phone. Um, if you can't get me on my mobile, like I said, please ring that uh, number because there's more chance that you'll get to speak to at least one of us um, rather than hearing my voicemail. So yes, please do that. And we will catch up with you guys next week. Thank you very much for listening and make sure you spread the word of the podcast and we will see you all then. All right, guys, take care. Take care all. Ta-ra. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed my podcast, don't forget to subscribe for me. And if you want to speak to me, please visit my website at www.petaccountant.co.uk. And if you'd like to join my Facebook group, which is full of like-minded pet professionals, then search Accounting for Pet Professionals in Facebook and I will see you there.